I am excited to have Ryan here with us to speak. Um, I will pull that over for you. Um, he grew up here in Baker, and he participated in Baker Sports. And so being a sports program that we're doing, I thought, what a great opportunity to come him back, have him back and share with us. So thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be home. All right. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. It is good to be home. Yes, some of you might not know me, and those of you that do might not recognize me. I've had a couple comments already. Matt, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, well, today is a special day. Um, as Deidre said, um, yes, I, I am from Baker City. I played sports here um, ever since eighth grade. And so I have a very soft spot in my heart for um, this church, uh, for the sports in this town, um, and the amazing people that make it all go around. So, um, if you don't know me, my name is Ryan Schwinn. Um, I, like I said, from here, but right now I'm a, uh, I'm a youth pastor in Homedale, Idaho. Um, so I have a, my youth group there. Um, my lovely wife, Abby, over there helps me with that. Uh, my family and friends are right over there. Um, I moved to Baker when I was in middle school, and I graduated from Baker High in 2017. Uh, and while I was there, I played as many sports as I could get my hands on, really. Um, I played football every year in the fall, basketball every winter, and then the spring sport was just kind of, I don't know, whatever I could, whatever I could convince my friends to do with me, or they could convince me to do with them. So this is after one of our playoff games my senior year. Um, we won that game, because I'm smiling. Um, <laughs> This is uh, my junior year after state tennis. Um, we took fifth, I believe, um, with our coaches. Um, those are just two of the pictures that I could find. Frankly, I don't have a lot of them um, on my phone, which I was sad about. But um, it, was a, it was a really great time, uh, a lot of growth for me um, and, and for my teammates. Um, it's, a, it's a very special time of life. Um, after high school, I attended Northwest Nazarene University in Nampa, and I majored in Christian ministry. Uh, I, I wasn't on any of their actual sports teams there. I wasn't good enough for any of that. Uh, but I played as many sports as possible through their intramural program. Um, I even ran the intramural program uh, for one year through student government. I was the intramural overlord. Official title. Yes. Um, so, so as you can see, like, sports have just been a huge part of my life for as long as I can remember. Uh, I love watching them now. I love to coach. I love to ref. I love all sorts of things of that nature. So I, I was very grateful when uh, Deidre reached out to me and asked me to come this morning because, um, yeah, it's, it was fun for me um, as I was thinking of all of this to kind of relive those memories. Sports is an incredible time of life, um, and I, I'm very grateful to have been a part of those. Um, but I, as I'm sure a lot of you either remember or know now, being a Christian in sports isn't always easy. And the older you get, the more challenging it will become because not everyone's going to share your values. Uh, not everyone is going to respect you for standing up for your faith uh, and for the things that you believe are right. Um, so today, I just want to give you a little bit of a map, if you will, of how to live for Jesus um, in sports and in your career, um, just in everything you do. Um, so if you're an athlete, um, or if those days are long gone for you as they are for me, um, th this, this uh, roadmap will carry over to really um, whenever you interact with people. I'm, I'm hoping that, that you will find value in this, no matter um, young, old, athlete or not. 
Um, I'm hoping that something will stick out to you with how to interact with others. But before we get into that, I have a very important question for the athletes in the room. And I know that there are lots of you in here because they had them come up here. So I know that you're out there. Um, do you guys still play What Are the Odds? Raise your hand if you know what What Are the Odds is as a game. Yep. Okay. People my age. Any of, the, any of the younger athletes, you guys know what the game What Are the Odds is? Do you play with your friends? Yes. Yes. They do know what it is. That's really good because this will really revolve around that a lot. <laughs> well, it was super popular when I was in high school. Um, and even a little bit while I was in college, we would play. For those of you that don't know how to play What Are the Odds, it's very, very simple. You see some floaties in yesterday's coffee mug, okay, that you didn't clean it out, and then you turn to the person next to you and you say, what are the odds you drink that? So as I explained further, I provided for you a copy of the official rules and regulations per the 2023 season for your reference. So in a standard game of what are the odds, the person that responds with the odds, um, they respond with odds that are edgy enough to be interesting and fun, but also favorable enough to probably not have to drink the floaty mug. In this example, this person might respond one in 10 if they're feeling a little bit adventurous. So that, therefore, there's a one in 10 chance of the person having to drink the coffee with the floaties. At this time, both parties will nod in agreement, very respectful thing to do, um, and they agree to the terms, and then a neutral bystander, when possible, will count them down from three. And when the counter hits one, both the asker and the responder will say a number within that odds window, between one and 10. So in this case, they both say a number between one and 10 at the same time, and if they both said the same number in their little showdown, the person who provided the odds for themselves has to bear the burden and has to bear that responsibility, and they get to drink the mug in this example. So I need a volunteer. Yep, I saw your hand first in the back, yep. I have with me a mystery bag. Yep, I do. Nope. Okay, what's your name? Mackenzie. Mackenzie, nice to meet you. I'm Ryan. In this mystery bag, I have a mystery food, hence the question mark. What are the odds you reach your hand in here and eat whatever you pull out of it? One in five already? Okay. I need one more volunteer. Someone to count us down. Yep. Come on up. Yep. Yeah, give them a round of applause. Way to be bold. This is great. Okay, your job is equally important. Please stand right here. What's your name? Elijah. Elijah, nice to meet you. Eli, okay, I'm Ryan. Hi. If you would, count us down from three. And you said one and five, so you can say a number between one and five. You know the rules. You get it. Okay, ready? Count us down from three. Three, two, one. Two. <clears throat> All right. Your turn. What are the odds you eat what you pull out of this bag? Uh, one in three. One in three. Well done. All right, your turn to count us down. Three, two, one. One. All right. Now you get to bear the burden of that responsibility. Reach on in there and pull out. You get whatever's in there. 
It's your lucky day. Reese's. <laughs> hey, good job. Slap it. Slap it. Thank you. Eli lucked out this morning. I was feeling real nice. My college friends didn't get those odds. Yeah. But there's a practical example of what are the odds. I know the rules, uh, they're kind of hard to explain, frankly. Um, yeah. So I know that there's variations of the rules. There might be people out there um, that play it differently with their friends, and that's okay. Um, but this is how, th this is the rule set that went down for my basketball team my senior year of high school. So I'm going to weave you a tale this morning. And please understand before I dive into this story, this is true. I promise you that this is true. It's burned into my mind. Okay, so we were out of town for a basketball tournament. I don't actually remember where it was, which is the funny thing. Um, but I know that it was late after a long day of tournament play, and we were all hungry. So the coaches took us out to dinner um, so we could have something to eat. And we went to this little diner, the local diner in town, and everyone ordered something normal, you know, like burgers, the all-day pancakes, whatever, except for one of my teammates. Oh, my word. He ordered meatloaf soup. Now, I don't have anything against meatloaf, but I do think that there should be laws about what you can and can't chop up and throw into chicken broth. Uh, yeah, amen? Yeah. I, I, I stand by that. And it was one of the most disgusting things that I have ever even heard on a menu, let alone when he gets it. Not surprisingly, he doesn't like it, um, so he remains hungry. But he decides to continue our game of what are the odds that have been going on for the entire trip in the tournament. So he looked around the table, and he grabbed as many condiments as he could get his hand on. Ketchup, mustard, coffee creamer, uh, extra syrup from the dudes that got pancakes. And he mixed all of this into this soup. And then he asked the table, what are the odds one of you guys eats this? And we all just sat there mortified. He's creating this monstrosity in front of us. Like this vat of just, it was, I'm sure it was bubbling something. It's just disgusting. And normally we have some pretty brave dudes that'll throw a one in ten odds at literally anything. Not this time. Mm -mm. No, everyone looked at that and no one could do it. No one gave any odds. There was no one in fifties, no one in hundreds. Because on the off chance that you get that, you're sick the rest of the ride home. For sure. And I think it's important now to mention that my assistant coach had told us earlier that day, we are done with what are the odds. If, you, if you've been around people that have played what are the odds, it can get a little bit loud and obnoxious. And after a weekend with us, I think he'd had enough. So he heard that at the dinner table. His back was to us, and I just see him whip around with like this crazy look in his eyes. And he says, one in five. But if I do this... We are done with what are the odds for the rest of the trip. And, oh my word. <laughs> so of course we all agreed to these terms because we had to see him take one in five odds, very narrow odds for something so terrible. And of course, after the countdown, he said the same number as the other person that had to eat it. Um, and of course, uh, we did not stop playing what are the odds that day. So keep this story and the game, What Are the Odds, in the back of your mind as we continue, because I promise it will, it's not pointless, it'll come back later. But before we get there, I need the athletes again. Who has a favorite Bible verse? Hold up your hand. You guys had devotions time this year, yeah? Keep your hand up 
if you think that you can come up here and recite it in front of everybody. Come on up. I give you my microphone, but it's attached to my head. Okay. All right. Favorite Bible verse. Isaiah 45, 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Very nice. Thank you. Anybody else? Yep. Eli, come back up. And you can come too. Bring it on in. We're showing our devotional skills this morning. Well done. Bold athletes. I was worried it was going to be like pulling teeth to get people to want to come up here, but you guys are awesome. All right, hit us with your favorite Bible verse. Isaiah 53, 6. We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us to our, the own, our own way. Very nice. Thank you. What's your name? Avery. Avery. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Very nice. Thank you. You guys are awesome. I never would have come up and done something like that. Very nice. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, let's give them one more round of applause. We're learning the word of God in sports. That is, that is awesome. Well, I also have a favorite Bible verse. Um, and it's been my favorite Bible verse for a long time. So if you would, please stand if you're able for the reading of God's word. And we'll have it up on the screen for us. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about, the hope, uh, about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. Uh, we thank you um, for the celebration that we get to have today of the competitive spirit that you have instilled in us. God, I pray that as we... Um, talk about your word today, and as we talk about how we can interact with other people and to show your light, I pray that everything that we do and say here today will glorify you. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for standing. You can be seated. So this verse is how I've tried to live my life for a long time. And I can tell you right now that if you use this verse as a guide for how to be an athlete and a Christian at the same time, you will be headed in the right direction. So let's break this down a little bit. This verse has three parts. And we're going to start out with the first one. I love this verse because of how it starts out. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And that's truly the most important thing that I'm going to say today. So if you zone out for the rest of today, just remember that. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Yeah. Peter is, so Peter is saying here, in the context of the verse, he's saying, when you look at the bigger picture of the surrounding verses, he's saying, don't be afraid of the threats that you've been getting as a Christian. There's no need to be afraid. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Fear isn't the Lord of your life. Anxiety is not the Lord of your life. Jesus is the Lord of your life. But now I want to take a step further and ask you this. You might not be in the same context that Peter was writing. What's your instead? So Peter is saying that instead of fear and anxiety taking the place of God in your life, 
He's saying instead, Jesus needs to take his rightful place as God of your life. So I want to ask you this morning, what is your instead? What's the thing that might be getting in the way of loving Jesus and having Jesus in his rightful place as the God of your life? Is it sports? Is it self-image? Is it uh, your business? Is it TV? Your hobbies? What is it that might be getting in the way of loving Jesus? What is your instead? If it's none of those things that I mentioned, does something else come to mind? Because Jesus is the only one that can make us whole. And Peter knew that. Worrying about tomorrow won't make us happy. I mean, in the long run, sports have to come to an end, so they can't make us truly happy. Our businesses won't be around forever, so they can't make us truly happy. But if we let Jesus take his place as the Lord of our lives, the other things we do, like sports and our hobbies, they can now have meaning. Because it's through living for him that our lives have meaning and direction. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says this. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So it's great to love sports. It's great to love hanging out with your friends. Um, it's great to love and be proud of your business. But when those things become the Lord of our lives and we lose sight of who is truly supposed to be on the throne, we will only ever be disappointed because no matter what it is, it doesn't last forever. The only thing that lasts forever is our life with Jesus. So whatever your instead is today, whatever is getting in the way of Jesus being in his rightful place as God of your life, whether you've made a commitment to Jesus before or not, what are the odds you give Jesus a shot today? Because I can promise you that you will not regret choosing him. So let that soak as we continue. The second thing I really like about this verse is the second part of the verse. Step two, if someone asks, asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. So you have to complete step one before you can get to step two, which is why I like the way this verse is phrased, because Jesus has to be in his rightful place as Lord of your life before you can move on to be ready to explain why you have hope in Jesus. Um, so yeah, this step is for those of you that are already past step one. You've already made a commitment to Jesus. That's awesome. Jesus is the Lord of your life. He's in his rightful place. But now we're into the tricky part. Because as you live for Jesus, people will start to notice. It's unavoidable. It's just different than how the rest of the world lives. Maybe it's the way you act, the things you do. You just stand out. You can't, you can't help it. Jesus changes you. Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So when Jesus is the Lord of your life, you will change. You'll handle things differently. You'll act differently. You'll be kind, or you'll be kind of like a light bulb in a dark room. You'll give off light. Not literally, 
but you will be different than those around you. And when people notice that light, they will ask you about it. I had a few friends in my high school football team that noticed that I was a little bit different, um, and they asked me about it. And you know what happened? I didn't know what to say. My faith wasn't fully my own yet. I couldn't give a good reason for why I wanted to live for Jesus or why I believed what the Bible says about God because I didn't really know myself. Um, I, so I failed them. I failed my friends who wanted to know about this amazing hope that I had, who wanted to know why I didn't want to go to parties, um, why, why I wanted to act differently than the rest of the world around me. But I just didn't know what to say. And I can tell you that as a Christian, that is the worst feeling you will ever feel. So when someone asks you to explain your hope in Jesus, this is why Peter tells us, always be ready to explain it. But how do we do that? How do we prepare ourselves to explain the hope that we have? Just like sports, it takes some work. It takes a little bit of discipline. You have, to, you have to read your Bible, and not just at church, but on your own. Not just during devotions, but on your own. Um, you have to be willing to ask questions to people that you know also love Jesus. And if you don't have a Bible, ask for one. I can promise you that if you ask any person in this room, they would be happy to buy you your first Bible, um, including myself. If you don't have a Bible, ask me. I'll get you a Bible. Um, but that is the first step. You have to have a little bit of discipline, and you have to be able, uh, or you have to be willing to work a little bit. It doesn't just come naturally. You have, to, you have to know what the book says to be able to recite it. Good job for those of you that had your Bible verses memorized today. That's, that's awesome. But it means just not being afraid to ask questions and figure out for yourself why you want Jesus to be in that rightful spot as Lord of your life. It, it doesn't just happen naturally. There's so many things that are vying for our attention all the time that Jesus doesn't just naturally end up in that spot and everything's going to be great. It takes, it takes a lot of work and it takes a, a lot of intentionality. You have to be intentional about Jesus taking that spot in your life. So for those of you that are past step one, Jesus is the Lord of your life. It's time today to dive in to what it really means for you so that when the time comes that a family member or a friend or even a complete stranger asks you why you seem different than the world around you, and I assure you that that day will come, you will be ready to answer them. Now onto the third step, the last part of the verse, step three. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. I think this is fitting that this is going to be kind of the last step for us this morning because strangely, strangely enough, I think that this is truthfully the most difficult part of the whole process, especially as athletes. Uh, we're not always great at being gentle uh, because being gentle often means losing. And it's so hard to be kind and gentle, especially when you're passionate about something, when you're really on fire for Jesus and you really want to share it. It's hard to be gentle and respectful and calm and listen. Those are all hard things when we're passionate about something. And I get that. But we are told to be gentle and respectful when we share Jesus with our friends, our family, uh, complete strangers. It doesn't matter. If any of you watch the news at all, any election stuff, current events, whatever, uh, I'm sure you know how everyone likes to share their perspective on things. It's all yelling, slander, bad-mouthing, name-calling, us versus you. Yeah, we've, all, we've all lived through the same two years. We get it. We just lived in a polarized world. 
It's my way or the highway kind of mentality. Either you agree with me or we can't be friends. That's the way of the world right now. But this part of our verse this morning tells us to handle it a very different way than what is normal. We're told to be nice about it. There will be people that will want nothing to do with Jesus. They won't want to hear what you have to say, and they might even be rude to you because of your faith. But that's their choice. We get to choose how we represent Jesus. In fact, if you read a little bit more than just our main passage today, it talks about this. 1 Peter 3, 15 through 17, we're going to go two more verses, says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Step one. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Step two. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Step three. But moving on, it says, Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. So remember that God has given each of us a choice. He has given us the freedom to choose him or reject him. He will never stop trying to reach us, to show his love, but he allows us to make that choice for ourselves. So when we share the love of Jesus, we should have the same mindset. There's no use trying to force people to love Jesus. If Jesus forced us to love him, that wouldn't be actual love. That would be a hostage situation. So as we talk to our friends and our family and the people around us, our coworkers, about Jesus, be gentle and respectful in the same way that Jesus is gentle and respectful to us. But like Jesus, never give up on them. Just continue to live for Jesus and be the light to those around you, and you might be surprised who comes to know Jesus as a result. Nobody is beyond the reach of God. So as you give an answer for the hope that you have in Jesus, remember who it is that you represent. I remember in high school, our coach would tell us all the time, we'd get to wear our jerseys to school um, on game days, and whenever we traveled, we also had travel clothes. But every time that we would get on the bus, every time we would go into the locker room, coach would always remind us, remember who it is you're representing, who's on your shirt. Um, he wanted us to have class wherever we went. He wanted us to be respectful wherever we went so that win or lose, people would still respect us. We would still have our honor. So as you share the love of Jesus with others, when you tell people about what God has done in your life, remember that it's Jesus you represent at all times. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. That's, even, that's an even higher calling. Because I could do whatever I wanted Monday through Thursday. Friday rolled around. Then I, okay, now I'm wearing the jersey. Now I've got to be on my best behavior. As a Christian, you are always a Christian. So you are always responsible for how you act and how you represent Jesus. So as you share the love of Jesus with others, when you tell people about what he has done in your life, when you explain why you're a little bit different, remember that a light's job is to illuminate the darkness, not create more of it. Pastor Troy used to say this often, so maybe you've heard it before. Um, <clears throat> preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. I don't know if Pastor Troy says that often anymore, but he sure did when I was in school. And I think that that's true every single time. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Our verse today, 1 Peter 3.15, is just putting that quote into action. We worship Jesus as the Lord of our life. We prepare ourselves to answer those who ask us about why we have hope in Jesus. 
And as we do that, we show gentleness and respect. That's what it means to live for Jesus in sports, in your career, as a good son, daughter, husband, wife, co-worker. It doesn't matter. So I ask you this morning, going full circle, what are the odds? If you don't know Jesus, what are the odds you give him a chance this morning? You might say that's silly, but I say try it. I can promise you that he will not disappoint you. Much like this mystery bag might be Reese's. Doesn't have to be something gross. And for those of you that do know Jesus, I have the same question. What are the odds? What are the odds that you let your light shine brighter than ever before? That you would be bold and that you would stand up for your faith? That you would be gentle and respectful in a world where those traits are getting harder and harder to find? Because whether you know Jesus right now or not, he is still for you. Jesus is in the business of making all things new, and I can promise you that you cannot ask Jesus into your heart and be left unchanged. He will change your life for the better. He will shape you into the person that he created you to be. And don't just take my word for it. We saw dozens of people walk across the stage this morning with their testimonies. It's not just me. But he will shape you into the person that he created you to be. So as we close, I would like to invite the worship team back forward to play a little bit as we continue. But I have a final challenge for you this morning. I've asked you a few times already today, what are the odds you give Jesus a shot? And as some of you have maybe been asking yourselves that for a long time, but you've been going back and forth with yourself. You're not sure if you're ready to make that commitment. But today, I want to challenge you that if you haven't accepted the grace of Jesus and that, you've, and that you're still on the fence about it, let's get it done today. What better time than right now? Life is just too short to leave even a moment of it without Jesus and his great awesomeness and his life-changing capabilities. It's the most important decision that you can ever make. So if that's you this morning, I want you to be bold. Remember, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, and no one hides a lamp under a basket. The light is just out there for everyone to see. So if you want to make a commitment to Jesus this morning, or maybe you already have, but you haven't been living for Jesus lately, this is for you too. I want you to just stand up where you are. Just stand up. If you haven't accepted Jesus and you want to this morning, Stand up. If you have already accepted Jesus, but you haven't been living for him lately, and you want to renew that commitment, stand up. This is all about being bold this morning. Being an athlete is about being bold. Being a good husband, a father, a mother, a wife, a friend, a sister, a brother. It doesn't matter. It all takes boldness. So I just want you to stand. And if the people around you as you stand would pray for you, would be praying for you right now, then that would be awesome. But if you were ready to make that commitment this morning, or are you ready to renew that commitment this morning, I just ask that you stand up for everyone to see. Light on, light on a stand. And in a few moments, I'm going to have you repeat a prayer with me as I pray it. Uh, but for now, just be bold. Um, just stay standing. And those, those of you that are still thinking about it, just stand. Um, if you feel the stirring inside you, stirring won't go away. Um, you, standing is the only way that you'll make that stirring go away and I can promise you that Jesus will not let you down and as people are standing um, church if we could just be praying for them 
Um, this is the most important decision of anyone's life. I'll give you a few moments. Praise God. The Bible tells us in Romans that if we confess it with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we believe it in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, he, we will be saved. It's that simple. It's that easy. That's what it takes to receive grace. Confess it with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe it in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And I would add to that, you will be changed. So if you're standing this morning, I want you to repeat after me as we pray this prayer. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I believe in you. I know that you died because you love me. And that you rose again to save me. I want you to be the Lord of my life. So that I can be your light. To those around me, help me to live for you for the rest of my life. Amen.